bunch of texts you would expect. Uh, a lot of you are Milo fans. Some of you are not Milo Yiannopoulos on the show, but we did get the, uh, a number of these. I need more Milo. What the heck? You need a longer segment with him. We got this one. Yeah. Hey, morons, which is I reflexively respond to that because I'm so used to it. Hey, morons. How about next time? Yes. You, <laughs> see, how about next time you interview a national icon like Milo? You do it at the beginning of the hour instead of 10 minutes before your hard break. Um, we allowed plenty of time for a long interview, and for whatever reason, uh, the he wasn't picking up the phone. No, he didn't show up. And the sound, so f you. And and the, the the phone call to me had the sound of a guy who was laying in bed and rolling over and trying to put on his socks and pants while he was talking. Right. So, um, as Sean was saying, it reminds him of uh, interviewing athletes. It's just he's not a probably a morning person. I'm not. Uh, Milo's more of a stay up till three in the morning guy. Yeah. And uh, I think we, uh, yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, we left uh, plenty of time. He yeah, just yeah. didn't show up, so shut up. Uh, let's see. We, now. Also, we also got this. It's sure nice that the great thinker can make a joke about people dying in a mudslide where there are still people missing as he speaks. That's really highbrow stuff. I thought it was terrible. Yeah, I never would I have made that joke. And I say, I say terrible stuff all the time. Um, but, you know, we don't approve of everything he says. Which, kind of the point. Yeah, saying over-the-top th- stuff is part of his gets attention and, you know, uh, trying to make the point that uh, free speech is important. Um, if if he was just a quiet, regular sort of person going around talking about free speech, he would have sold a hundred books and nobody would know who he is. That's I think just there's a lot fact. of truth to that, yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, so coming up, a couple of things worth noting. Number one, we are going to talk in depth to Devlin Barrett of the Washington Post, their national security uh, reporter, about the release of the, the Trump dossier testimony by the Fusion GPS guys. We're going to get heavily into that. Uh, also, this is so great. Portland city officials insisted they had the right to search people's trash with no warrants. So... A local paper went through their trash and published the contents. Pretty damn good. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I can't stand it. We'll have that for you before the end of the hour. We got this text. Would Oprah release her tax returns? <laughs> that is that is the holdup for a lot of business people and super rich people is releasing the tax returns. Trump didn't. Uh, that's what kept Howard Stern from running for was mayor or governor or whatever he's going to run. When really? He kindly came to that. He, that's when he got out. Um. Would Oprah release her tax returns? I don't know. We've been looking for the what's the possible knock against Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. I don't see how she loses. To me, the presidency is hers if she wants it. little oppo research uh, by our loyal listeners. We asked why Oprah wouldn't win or what they would attack her with. Uh, Ted weighed in. Uh, Keegs weighed in. A, a handful of people did. Um, perhaps you're right, Simple Jack. Perhaps it's simply a matter of scooping up all the Obama votes, all the pro-Hillary votes, added crossover votes. But... It was like thinking Hillary would win a landslide. So here's what you get Oprah with. Number one, she's a terrible judge of character. Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, Harvey Weinstein, to say nothing of the literally dozens of unsavory or unscientific people she's given voice to or support to. Okay? Uh, You're right about that. Absolutely right. I don't think that causes like a supermarket fender bender dent in the Oprah juggernaut. You know? Because we were approaching it from, is there anything they can hit her with that would work? So you're right on that, but it wouldn't work. I don't Trump think. went on Dr. Oz to release his medical uh, stuff when he was running for president. Remember? 
So, oh, right. Which, yeah. Yeah, wow. Lord. Ooh, so it'd be tough to attack yeah. her on it. What do you mean, Dr. Oz? You went on his show. Yeah, well, I, uh, <laughs> I did that because I knew he was a quack and wouldn't push back. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's why I did it. Uh, unlike Obama and Hillary, she's not an intellectual. Blah, blah, blah. As shrewd as she is, she's not intellectual, nor she can pull. I think she's smarter than most of us. I think oh, she's fun. You do not. I, I, I do not understand people, whether you're talking about Oprah, Trump, or whoever. People who nobody builds a multi-billion dollar empire by accident. Right. It's, it's pretty competitive to become super rich. There are a lot of different kinds of intelligence, and articulate is only one. Yeah, she's very, very smart. Uh, tainted by the sexual harassment, witch hunt, big friend of Weinstein. And, and it, lets, it was Keyes who went into uh, length about her. The school she started in South Africa turned to be a, turned out to be kind of a sex abuse den. Another one that'd is... Be another, that'd be another difficult attack when you got Trump University hanging out there. Well, uh, yeah, right, yeah. You know, I'll see your Dr. Oz and raise you a Trump University. Um, Harvey Weinstein was also part of the uh, the school in, in Africa that turned into a, a sex scandal. Uh, oh, but, you know, I, I don't know the details on pro- that. I like this line. They probably got a one-way ticket on the Lolita Express to have a party with Slick Willie. Rapey Wood is evil. Mm. I, I I remember that story. Um, that would come up, but I'll bet it's a lot more difficult to try to start something in Africa and not have it go south than you'd think. Yes. With all the best intentions in the world. Yeah. Well, and I, again, I think it could cause a little dent in her juggernaut, but not not a big one. Uh, let's see. Anyway, Keegs, he, he does some really fun writing here. Then he says, uh, sorry, I don't have more info. I'm a working young adult and have meetings to get to and can't sit around playing my ham bone watching Hulu. <laughs> The Lord knows that sounds great. Hambone, hambone, what do you say? Thanks, Keeks. Any meeting that starts before you get there is not a meeting that you needed to be at. <laughs> wow. Wow. Jot that down. Um, let's see. She may be the queen of nice, but who can see her seriously dealing with Putin, Kim, Xi, the mullahs of Iran, even top military leaders in the U.S. chain of command? I'm a fan of Oprah, and I love her life story, but there's absolutely nothing in her entire media career that shouts leader or leadership. I think you're you're wrong about that. Um, uh, oh, she supported Obama almost 100%, and his policies are not popular. That's true. If you poll his policies, they were terrible. Although, if uh, you poll him, very popular. Yeah, and I think we uh, decided the other day that uh, issues are not really what people are voting on at this point. Right. Well, JT uh, in Livermore, who who put together this uh, the infamous Oprah dossier, all this is very well reasoned. <laughs> the Oprah dossier. <laughs> very, Get to the or, hotel room. <laughs> dossier, as I heard a congressman from Georgia put it yesterday. But um, maybe just he's not gonna he's not gonna count out of the French by pronouncing their words. Well, when does freedom some, fries? When does something become a dossier? Who decided that it was that as opposed to a report or a, or a folder, or yeah. a file? Yeah. <laughs> Um, all of this is very good and well reasoned, JT. But it's uh, you got to be kidding. Do you know anything about the electorate? It's who they like better. Or how about the current mood of politics? Surly, angry. I don't know. Americans want a king. Well, humans want a king or a queen to solve all their problems. To be a parent. That, that is why the Founding Fathers went to such trouble to prevent it from happening, because they knew that was the human Im- impulse. And Oprah would make a lovely queen, 
A terrific queen. Now, a lot of people who beat up on Trump for having no experience in government are going to have to, you know, shut their mouth. Oh, they're already jumping up and down shouting how wonderful an idea it is to have Oprah run. Which is, again, principle is not something people carry around with them. It's a tool they pick up when they want to. Well, they can address those concerns with vice presidential candidate The Rock. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. She she might be was a front and center cheering for Oprah. It's a good point. Like mm-hmm. I said yesterday, she might be meeting with some of the top strategists in America as we speak, or she may have no interest whatsoever. There's not a chance in hell she's just letting this play out for who knows what reason. We'll find out soon enough. Yeah, that's funny. I've I've just presumed that she's uh, serious about it. You have okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm not sure I'm right, but I have. Boy, somebody I can't find. There's another really good. Um, oh, Clinton rape accuser Juanita Broderick slams Oprah Winfrey's celebrated Golden Globe speech. Again, that's really good stuff, and I see your point, but it's not going to work. No. Um, uh, I got hip to this by a texture. We'll have to talk about this later. It hasn't aired yet. Well, I guess it has on the East Coast. So the Today Show is profiling. Look up at the TV screen, Joe. Yeah. Five pregnant Russian women who are on the beach for some reason. Why are you on the beach? Anyway, yeah, it's fun to be on the beach with the point. And they're 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 talking to NBC and saying out loud, we're here. We just flew in to have our babies in America. Right. So that they will be American citizens. Because and you Americans have stupid, stupid law. Because you Americans have a stupid law. That when the president points it out, he's called a racist. But we came over here to have our babies in America, so they'll be American citizens, and then we can bring over as many of our family members as we want, because that's the way it works. They could start an airline from China of the women who do that from China. And good for NBC and the Today Show for pointing that out. Yeah. That that is going on, because it is going on. God, it'd be the greatest gift you could give your... You live anywhere in the world, the greatest gift you could give your kid, or your family, and the next generations of your family is to get to America and have the baby born here. Right. Because you're still a citizen in your own country, You're literally here for 24 hours. Yeah. Pop the kid, have a C-section, whatever. That's an American citizen. You go back to your uh, communist hellhole with an American citizen. Great a great idea. Great law. And at any point in their life, they can take advantage of everything that comes with being a U.S. citizen, including making sure that you won't starve or anything like that. Well, and no opportunities what you do for espionage or whatever else. That's right. Yeah, our, our huge social support system. But it's just, it's absolutely ludicrous that we have that rule. Oh, yeah. That we can't get it over to. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a bad interpretation of the fourth was it the 14th amendment i'm bad with amendments anyway um it was a bad interpretation at the beginning and in the era of global nearly instantaneous travel it's especially it's just bizarre it's indefensible god if there was a if there was a rich country somewhere on earth where they had the welfare system that we've got i might have flown there to have my kids born there just thinking you know why the hell not right have them be, you know, uh, Eurasia uh, citizens just for the future. You don't know what the future is going to hold. Right. Right. You know, uh, the whole anchor baby thing. I mean, the 14th Amendment, it was the 14th, was, was not passed because Lincoln or, or the, the Reconstructionists were afraid that Chinese women couldn't have American citizen babies. It was 100% purely, exclusively, undeniably clearly, so that nobody could say freed slaves weren't citizens, because they weren't born citizens. And this should be part That's of... the only reason it exists. This should be part of the comprehensive immigration reform they were all discussing yesterday. 
there with the president, doing away with this stupid thing that has led to birth tourism, and good for NBC for highlighting it. It's ridiculous. How could there be anybody in America who's for that? Who's for that? Well, and I don't care if they are. It's a terrible, terrible idea. And if it were just one kid, you'd think, oh, what's one kid? Right. That's thousands and thousands. And you bring in your whole family. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, eventually you can bring in your whole family. You sure as hell can bring in mom and dad. Yeah. Even under a temporary law that will then you'll be screamed at when it turns out to be temporary. But anyway, uh, talk about the Diane Feinstein release of the uh, Trump dossier testimony and more coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm trying as hard as I've ever tried in my life to take in this whole Trump-Russia collusion influence the election dossier FBI story and figure out what is actually going on. I, honest to God, have... I do have some rooting interest. I don't want there to be a giant scandal that's bad for America. Mm -hmm. Sure. In general. But in terms of what has actually happened, I don't have any idea. And it's getting harder to tell, I think. Devlin Barrett, the Washington Post national security reporter, joins us. Devlin, first of all, thanks a million for for coming on. We appreciate it. Sure. Happy to do it. So Dianne Feinstein, a beloved senator from the great state of California, released the entire testimony of the one of the founders, I guess, of Fusion GPS, the research firm behind the dossier, uh, and that's been an object of controversy. Where are we now in this uh, many-headed beast of an investigation? Well, with the release of the of the transcript, where we really are is in an in a intensely political fight over the FBI, and, and basically arguing about the dossier is just another way of arguing about whether the FBI has, has done this fairly and accurately, because, you know, obviously the dossier played a role in the early stages of the investigation. So Republicans who are skeptical of this investigation basically feel that, you know, the dossier is a, is a flawed and politically motivated document. And therefore, this whole thing is, you know, uh, half-baked from the start. So you've got the crowd that believes the FBI paid to have this crappy dossier put together so they'd have an excuse to spy on the Trump people and launch the investigation. Then you've got the story that it was a uh, 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 the drunk uh, Trump Papadopoulos, guy, yeah. Papadopoulos, uh, shooting off his mouth that started the investigation. W- where are we on that? So what we're told is that all of these things played a role in the early stages of the investigation. There's basically three things that alarmed the FBI in the summer of 2016 and made them start looking harder at this. One being uh, Chris Steele, the, the ex-spy from England who, who wrote the dossier. Two being uh, George Papadopoulos, basically drunk talking in a bar about the Russians possibly having dirt on Hillary Clinton and the Australians, oddly enough, reporting that conversation to the Americans. And the third part, which is the murkiest part, is is intelligence intercepts, just old-fashioned, you know, spying on communications, which and we don't know exactly what those are, but we know that those also uh, fueled this investigation in the early days. Devlin Barrett of the Washington Post online. I'm, I'm not trying to be self-congratulatory here, but I said a couple of months ago, I think the congressional uh, investigations, the Senate and the House are just, there's no point anymore. They've become so partisan and so bitter. We just need to let old Robert Mueller do his thing. 
Uh, what's your take on that question? Well, right, and I think what you saw with the release of this transcript is you saw that process playing out in another committee. So one way to think of how the politicians have handled this is, first, the House Intelligence Committee split apart last year over on political lines over this stuff. Now the Senate Judiciary Committee has basically split apart on political lines over this stuff. And the third committee that has been looking at this stuff, the Senate Intelligence Committee, uh, still seems to have its act together by and large, but you know, people expect that it may well happen there. I, I think it's very hard for Congress to look at this stuff in a bipartisan or nonpartisan way. You know, people just take this stuff way too seriously and they think the stakes are too high to, you know, and maybe on some sense, you know, do you really expect a politician to put their politics aside? Like maybe that's asking too much of politicians. Is it? <laughs> it, <laughs> it, should, it is, clearly. It, sh- it shouldn't be. I mean, I mean, I have, like to uh, think there's a zone where they could not, where they could do that. But, you know, we haven't seen much of that yet, frankly. I have as, uh, as much uh, interest in, in certain political philosophies as anybody. But I just want to know what actually happened as an American. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, right. And and one of the things I think is that that is sort of like sometimes gets lost in all this is that the, the mixing of intelligence gathering, the mystery, the mixing of the espionage world with the politics world is, is really a toxic thing for the country and and for our understanding, frankly, because the intel world is a fairly murky place and you don't get a lot of clear definitions a lot of the time. You get a lot of analysis and a lot of educated guesses and a lot of, um, I think, smart uh, thinking about things without actually having sometimes a ton of provable facts, and I, I think one of the one of the things we have to be aware of as this process goes forward is that some of these questions, some of the big questions here, may never have really concrete right. nailed down answers. Mm. Yeah, unsatisfying but true. Uh, <laughs> Devlin Barrett of the Wapo on the line. So, as a serious journalist, uh, having reviewed the transcript. Uh, to get back to that, was there anything mm-hmm. especially damaging or especially exculpatory uh, re-Trump uh, and the campaign and collusion and anything to your mind? I think we know, really, the the broad strokes and, and, and a basic understanding of, of what happened. I don't think there's there's sort of a holy cow revelation in this transcript. I do think what the transcript shows, though, the, the actual back and forth, is that Republicans are just very, very distrustful of this whole investigative process, and they keep looking for ways to say that, you know, this company or this uh, British ex-spy or the FBI, you know, put their thumb on the scale in some way uh, against Trump. And, you know, it's basically in some ways you could read it as 300 pages of uh, the, the Fusion GPS founder just denying that in, you know, nine ways to Sunday, basically. Interesting. Devlin Barrett, Washington Post national security reporter. You do terrific work. And again, we appreciate you being here. Thanks, Devlin. Thank you. All right. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, he's he's really, really sharp. What do you got coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, disgraced movie mogul Harvey Weinstein attacked at an Arizona restaurant. Physically attacked? Physically attacked. Wow. Congress once again saying bring on the pork and worrying about exercise can cause your premature death. (laughs) Worrying about exercise. All right. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. You're on a roll with your science reports today. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Ah, boy, so we got some breaking news. We 
suppose we ought to get to it, Marsha Phillips. Let's jump right into it. Veteran Republican California Congressman Daryl Issa is not going to be seeking re-election. The San Diego-based Issa is a former chairman of the powerful House Oversight Committee. He was a thorn in the side of the Obama administration. And so far, more than 30 House Republicans deciding not to seek re-election this year. ISA won re-election in 2016 by a very narrow margin. Yeah, so how is the polling for his race this time around? I mean, was he going to struggle to... Uh... It, it looked. It, it was shaping up to, to be a struggle, it looked like. So. Yeah. Are there more Republicans stepping down than normal? Does it just feel that way? I don't know. It could just be that it's being reported so enthusiastically, but yeah. I don't know. Also, I think with, with ISA and a lot of other times when you, you end up with outsiders, right. business people, they're, they're not as into making a career out of being in Washington, right. D.C. As, uh, as lifelong politicians are. Yeah, that's true. You can get sick of it pretty quickly. We have a new report that says disgraced entertainment mogul Harvey Weinstein was attacked at a Scottsdale, Arizona restaurant. TMZ is saying Weinstein was dining last night with his sober coach. When a man identified as <laughs> when a man identified as Steve walked How about his non-raping coach? Let's address that first. Yes, Steve? When a man identified as Steve walked up to Weinstein and said, Hey, I really loved your movies. Can I take a picture with you? Well, Steve, who admits he'd had a lot to drink, says Weinstein told him to buzz off. Manager of the restaurant says, No, no, Weinstein was not belligerent. He was very nice. Well, then Steve tells TMZ he told his friend to fire up his cell phone and shoot video of what was about to happen. Steve says he then walked back up to Weinstein and said, you are such a piece of S for what you did to these women. And then he punched him in the face twice. Hmm. He says Weinstein stumbled backward and almost fell. The manager of the restaurant says neither of the attempted punches connected and the guy was drunk and out of control. Man, I'm anti-physical attack. We have a justice system that will take care yeah. of this, I hope. How yeah. about when that guy slugged, uh, uh, what's his name? The, the Ponzi scheme guy. Uh, what did the biggest Ponzi scheme in history? Come on. Gold. Uh, ba- 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 Bernie oh. Madoff. Madoff, yeah, yeah. Bernie, yeah. When he punched Madoff in the head. Yeah. Yeah. I was in favor of that. No. <laughs> I'm against it. I, no, I, I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't recommend it's it. It's morally indefensible, there are, and I like it. There are a lot of people that have a punch coming. Can, right. you, can you say both those things? Yeah, I don't know. Bernie Madoff has a punch coming. So right. does Harvey Somebody Weinstein. Somebody ought to punch him in the face, but I abhor it. Congress, this is a story I I heard uh, yesterday, but very briefly, it's not getting a lot of attention. Congress is considering lifting a ban on pork barrel spending. Politico is reporting Republicans in the House Rules Committee plan to revive a debate over earmarks at a hearing next week. Congressman Tom Cole of Oklahoma said there's an interest in both parties to reclaim the power of earmarks. We need to talk about this at greater length than we have time for. Anton, make a note, we're going to talk about earmarks tomorrow. Yep. The practice allows <laughs> practice allows lawmakers to designate money for pet projects back home in pet their spending projects. bills. Yes. Earmarks got banned in 2010 because of the money wasted and misused, but now again, Congress is eyeing that money one more time. Well, listen, I'll give you the very, very brief defense yes. of earmarks. Um, there are a million ways, well, there are a trillion ways to... Uh, to give money to people you want to give it to yeah. in the government. Enormous waste and fraud and abuse and, and pocket lining and, and the rest of it. Your cronies happens all the time. With earmarks, a specific congressperson's name and a specific amount for a specific project is part of the public record. Yeah, it's actually a more transparent 
transparent way to rip us off. Right. <laughs> right. I never believed for a second that the ripping us off was going to stop when they did away with earmarks. Right. They would just find different ways that were harder to track. So anyway, more on that. All right, my to friends. Come at some point. Worrying about how much exercise you do could lead to your premature death. Mm-hmm. Behavioral psychotherapists explain this is the time of the year people tend to really obsess about exercise. They worry about their diet over the holidays. They start making a lot of resolutions. And the psychotherapists say this kind of stress has been linked to negative effects on your health as when people get stressed, they engage even more in unhealthy behaviors, whether it's smoking or drinking too much, eating too much, or failing to exercise because they're so worried about it. Wow, that is really interesting. Yes. Oh, man, that mm-hmm. sucks. Where does that leave me? Get you coming and going. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, and if I don't stress a little bit about, God dang it, i got to get on that elliptical. I've right. got to do it. I've got to exercise today. I've got to do it. I won't. Right. So yeah. I'll die prematurely. <laughs> <laughs> the psychotherapist's wow. advice is, it's important to stop com- comparing your exercise regimen to others. Just get out and do what you can and, and, and don't obsess. All right. So there's that angle of it. There's. It also sounds like then, so if you're worried about your eating and your drinking, you're going to eat and drink more. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, wait a minute. <laughs> but yeah. if you don't worry about it, you're not going to do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, so you're right. They got you coming and going. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. Hmm. That's a conundrum right there. Yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> Brings me to my new advice from my, uh, I, I launched a lifestyle health website, and it's just, stop worrying about it. Yeah. Well, Everybody, not, you're going to be fine. Not stressing is about as healthy a thing as you can yeah. do for yourself. Coming up, very funny story. The authorities in Portland, Portlandia, defending the practice of going through people's garbage for you know purposes of law enforcement, justice, etc., in spite of a judge saying cut it out, well, one of the weekly uh, papers in Portland said, all right, we're going through your garbage, and they did. Cool. What they found will smell bad and shock you. <laughs> also, it's so hot in Australia, their bats are boiling. Oh, boiling bats. Oh, I love boiled bat. Oh, isn't it so tender that way? <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is Armstrong and Getty. The voice of the West. We got a bunch of stuff we got to get to. Oh, yeah? I hope you can stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, Trump did speak out on on Oprah running for president, so we'll hit you with what he said about that. Day three of Oprah Watch. Continuing. And the um, uh, letters signed by a hundred different women, are they all actresses or whatnot, saying that the the hashtag MeToo thing is maybe going too far? And they're worried about that. Really interesting angle on it. Agreed. Yeah, thought-provoking. Of course, they're being bashed for even pointing it out, but that's the way things go. So, the uh, <coughs> excuse me, the, the, the brass of Portland, city officials, police, judges, mayor, insisted that they have the right to search people's trash without a warrant, which is fairly long-standing legal precedent, actually. But uh, one judge in the Portland area said, no, no, you don't know more. Because you, you threw it out, the uh, right, idea is it's, that- it's there on the curb. You put it out there uh, unprotected. It's headed to the dump where anybody you could, don't care. Where anybody could go through it, I suppose. Right. But so this one judge said, "No, I don't think that's right." 
Well, the, uh, the, the brass of Portland said, yeah, of course it is. We have that right. And so uh, the good folks at, um, is it Willamette Week? Or uh, one of your, your alt newspapers. We'll figure it out. I believe we'll that was right. Willamette Weekly it's or something Willamette. Like? Willamette, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Um, some lovely pinots. Willamette Valley. But don't let me get distracted. That's a wine. Uh, bah, 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 bah. So um, it, it all has to do with the case of a fellow of a, a, a police officer, um, a, a woman who, well, you know, she accused her boyfriend of assault. There were drugs found. Somebody said she does drugs. Um, and so they went through her trash to see if they could find some evidence of that. Interestingly enough, the assistant chief or under chief or whatever his title is used to date her back in the day. And she's a good-looking gal, been used as a uh, prostitution sting-type uh, copper. Mm. Anyway, um, so uh, the news left a lot of Portlanders, including us, writes the uh, Weekly, scratching our heads. Aren't there rules about this sort of thing? Multnomah County District Attorney's Office uh, Prosecutor Mark McDonald says, once you sit your garbage out on the curb, it becomes public property. She placed her garbage can out in the open, open a public view in the right of way. No signs that said, do not open, do not trespass. There's every indication she had relinquished her privacy, her possessory interests. Echoed by the police chief, echoed by the mayor. They all said it. So the newspaper said, oh, yeah? <laughs> and they started going through these people's garbage. And Good work if you can get it. You know, they actually make that point. It's really gross. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> really, really gross. Um, this judge, Maurer is her name, uh, pointed out that personal and business correspondence, photographs, personal financial information, political mail, items related to health concerns, sexual practices are all routinely found in garbage receptacles. Yeah. The fact that a person is put these items out for pickup does not suggest an invitation to others to examine them. Well, it doesn't need to, to relinquish your privacy, uh, Your Honor. On the other hand, and nobody offered up this argument, and I was a little surprised by it, you have a contract with a trash disposal company to transport your goods, your used goods. Maybe it's a municipal company, maybe it's a private company. Um Nowhere in your contract does it say that they can distribute it or, well, I don't know, maybe it does. But it reminds me of some of the cell phone legal arguments that go around right now. Okay, so my cell phone carrier knows where I've been. Does that mean the government gets to know? Wait a minute, I got a contract with those people. I'm doing business with them. So anyway, but that's kind of a a, a legal uh, tangent. Um, So moving along, let's get to the garbage picking. Uh, they say, we chose District Tur- Attorney Mike Shrunk because his office is the most vocal defender of the proposition that your garbage is up for grabs. We chose Police Chief Mark Croker because he runs the Bureau. And we chose Mayor Vera Katz because, meow, as police commissioner, she gives the chief his marching orders. Uh, let's see. They mention, uh, oh, uh, perched in his office, the chief seemed perfectly comfortable with the idea of trash as public property. Things inside your house are to be guarded. Those that are in the trash are open for trash men and pickers and police. So it's not a matter of privacy anymore. Then we spread some highlights from our hall on the table in front of him. This is very cheap, he blurted out, frowning as we pointed out a receipt with his credit card number, a summary of his wife's investments, an email prepping the mayor about his job application to be the police chief of L.A., a well-chewed cigar stub, and a handwritten note scribbled in pencil on a napkin so personal it made us cringe. We also drew his attention to a newsletter from the conservative political advocacy group 
advocacy group Focus on the Family addressed to Mr. and Mrs. Mark Croker. Are you a member of Focus on the Family? We asked. You know, he said with a Clint Eastwood gaze, it's none of your business. As we explained our thinking, the chief, who is usually polite to a fault, cut us off in mid-sentence. Okay, he said suddenly, we're done. And stood up. Hours late, yes? I put a lot of stuff in the garbage that I should shred more. I tear it one time in half. I figure that will throw everybody Oh, off. please. Who's got the time to look for that second <laughs> half? <laughs> Hours later, the chief issued a press release complaining that uh, the Willamette Weekly had gone through my personal garbage at my home. Uh, blah, 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 blah. If the chief got overheated, the mayor went nuclear. When we confessed that we had swiped our recycling, she summoned us to her chambers. She wants you to bring the trash and bring the name of your attorney said her press secretary. Actually, we couldn't snatch Katz's garbage because she keeps it right next to her house, well away from the sidewalk. To avoid trespassing, we had to settle for a bin of recycling left out front. So we filed in the mayor's private conference room. The atmosphere, chilly to begin with, turned arctic when the mayor marched in. She speared us each with a wounded glare, then hoisted the bin of newspaper and stalked out of the room, all without uttering a word. A few moments later, her office issued a prepared statement. I consider Willamette Week's actions in this matter to be potentially illegal and absolutely unscrupulous and reprehensible, it read. I will consider my legal options in response to their actions. Are you kidding, sweetheart? Look, I get the difference between the Willamette Weekly making a very good point and having some fun with it and like a murder investigation. Mm -hmm. But that's the freaking point of a warrant. Now, I'm not 100% sure because I really haven't thought this through thoroughly, what I think of the garbage thing, the police looking through your garbage. Yeah, when I first thought about it, I thought clearly the police shouldn't be able to do that. But I think the more I think about it, I think, yeah, I've I've relinquished it at that point. Yeah, I'm not hardcore on the topic, but I think the, pol- the, the mayor's righteous indignation is uh, problematic intellectually, at yeah. the very least. Yeah. In contrast, DA Mike Shrunk, who it, it should be noted was a Marine, And Marines aren't crybaby pussies, generally speaking. Mike Trunk was almost playful when we owned up to nosing through his kitchen scraps. Quote, do I have to pay for this week's garbage collection? He joked. We told Trunk we intended to report that his garbage contained mementos of his military service. Ah, don't burn me on that, he implored. The Marine Corps will shoot me. It's worth emphasizing that our junkological dig unearthed no whiff of scandal. Based on their throwaways, the chief, the DA, and the mayor are squeaky clean, poop-scooping folks whose private lives are beyond reproach. They emerged from this escapade smelling like, well, coffee grounds. <laughs> you. Uh, then they mentioned, and it's really quite entertaining, there's something about poking through someone else's garbage that makes you feel dirty, and it's not just the stench and the flies. Yeah, you think? Scrap by scrap, we are reverse engineering a grimy portrait of another human being, reconstituting an identity from his discards, probing into stuff that is absolutely, positively, none of our damn business. Which is well put. Yeah, that see, that's the angle of it. Uh, I don't know how you would legally uh, handle the situation. While I've relinquished this stuff when I put it in my in my garbage bin, and there's, there's no reason to think that at the dump, for instance, the guy driving the backhoe, uh, covering it up with dirt, can't mm-hmm. look through it. Right. Um, right. It's it's not cool. I mean, you're saying I don't want it anymore. On the other hand, it's private information, and you're looking at it just I don't know to peer into my life. Yeah, our haul from Mayor Katz is limited to a stack of newsprint from her recycle bin, but we assembled several clues as to her intellectual leanings. 
Find overwhelming evidence that the mayor reads the Oregonian, the Washington Post National Weekly Edition, uh, U.S. Mayor and Portland Tribune. We also stumbled across a copy of TV Click in which certain programs have been circled in red. If we're not mistaken, the mayor has a special fondness for dog shows, figure skating, and the West Wing. <laughs> uh, likes the walk and talk. Then they mention <laughs> yeah. that Chief Croker, the would-be chief of the LAPD, is that he's a health nut. All sorts of healthy foods, fat-free this, uh, you know, fat-free that, super healthy that, but... That's the opposite of what you'd get going through my garbage. This is what they eat? Oh, my God. Listen to the... How are they still alive? <laughs> At the same time, we find evidence of rust in the Chief's iron self-discipline. Wrappers from C's chocolate bars, an unopened bag of Doritos, a dozen perfectly edible fun-sized Nestle Crunch bars, and three empty Coke cans. Well, he throws well, away It sounds the... like he threw them away. Yeah. yeah. Is this an invasion of privacy? This is a frontal assault, a D-Day, a Norman conquest of privacy. We know the chief's credit card number. We know where he buys his groceries. We know how much toilet tissue he goes through. We know whose Christmas cards he has pitched, whose wedding he skipped, whose photo he threw away. We know what newsletters he gets, how much he's socked away in the stock market. We even know he's thinking about a new car and which models he's considering. Yeah, but you willingly threw that in the trash. Yep. Or I did. look through it. That's a tough one. Or do we? She got 100 women who signed on to a letter published in Le Monde. That's a French publication. It's French for The Monde. Defending men's right to hit on women. They think hashtag MeToo has gone too far. It's kind of interesting. Sacre bleu, baby. And, of course, being met with a lot of resistance. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.